0: Good morning, everybody. You may be seated. Wow. 33 people gave their heart to Jesus last weekend right here. No, come on. You got to get, come on. You need it. that's our, 33 people last Sunday alone, 33 people didn't have a plan to go to heaven, and now they do. Man, that's what it's all about, you know? That's what we're all about. So great to see you. I I, I just felt like I, I wanted to do something different, so I'm gonna read you something. How many of you think you ought to smile in church? Church Church ought to be the happiest place on the planet. I mean, so a guy bought his wife a beautiful diamond ring for Christmas, and after hearing about this extravagant gift, one of his friends said, I thought she wanted one of those uh, four by four vehicle things. And he said, she did, but where was I gonna find a fake Jeep? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Blame it on my script writers. I don't know who they are. (laughs) Two young boys were, I'll try another one here. (laughs) Two young boys were at their grandparents spending the night at bedtime. The boys knelt by their bed and they were praying. And the youngest brother started praying at the top of his lungs. I pray for a new bicycle. I pray for an Xbox. I pray for a basketball. And his older brother leaned over and and said, hey man, why are you shouting, God's not deaf? He said, I know, but grandma is. <laughs> Y'all like that? All right, Fiji. Maybe we ought to all be in Fiji. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Good morning, everybody. I I wanna invite you to Christmas Eve, right here. Christmas Eve is gonna be at 6 (laughs) p.m. Gonna have a wonderful time. Bring all your family, all your kids, all your in-laws, all your outlaws, bring them all. Come on, we'll have a good time. And then Christmas at home on Christmas Day, 10 a.m., Online only, i prepared a message for you, for your family, about a 15 minute message that I believe will be helpful. We've got some great singing and worship all scheduled for you, and we hope to see you at both of those uh, events, online and at Christmas Eve. So, missing peace. Are you ready to receive today? Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter two, verse nine. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified but the angel reassured them Now, now hold on a minute. If I saw a being <laughs> and I I mean it's a spiritual being like it's a spirit, it's a it's an angel. Sounds really, you know, easy and then I saw an angel the other day. If you saw something like that, it'd probably freak you out. I mean, let's just, it's like, what was that? So so they are terrified because the angel of the Lord appeared and then the angel says, hey, it's gonna be okay. And you're like, you say that, I, but I'm scared just because of you. But here's what he says, don't be afraid. I have some good news for everybody. And the good news is the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord himself has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you're gonna recognize him by a sign. You're gonna find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and is gonna be laying in a manger and you're gonna know that's him. That's some good news, everybody. Can we say amen to the reading of the word? You you can be seated. You know, Christmas is a season of celebration, and it's a time to be happy and a time to find peace and joy. There's an old story I want to refer to today. It's the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge is the principal character in Charles Dickens' novel, A Christmas Carol. And at the beginning of the story, Scrooge is really cold-hearted and tight-fisted, he's a greedy man, who despises Christmas and all the things which give people happiness. He just has an attitude. And his last name is actually coming to the English language as a byword for describing a miser, and w- which are the traits that were displayed by Scrooge in the story. So we say that really not knowing maybe where are you old Scrooge, Now, the tale of Scrooge's redemption by the three ghosts of Christmas has become a defining tale of the Christmas holiday. And the catchphrase, bah humbug, is often used to express disgust with many of the modern Christmas traditions. Scrooge is a man who despised Christmas and seemed to begrudge anyone who attempted to enjoy it. Now, the story goes that prior to his life-changing transformation, Scrooge was miserable, but, but he wasn't born miserable. And nor did his life begin as a life of bitterness. It was the events of his early life that caused him to develop into this heartless, bitter miser that he became. Now, he started his downhill journey when his father abandoned him, and then he lost Belle, who was the love of his life, and it drove him to become a recluse and even hostile. Uh, He threw himself into his work, became a workaholic in an attempt to try to mask his pain and his loneliness. Resentment welled up whenever anyone around him was happy. He didn't like anybody to be happy. He would lash out in anger and never admitting that really that's what he was looking for. He just wanted some peace, he just wanted to be happy like everybody else seemed to be. His own feelings of hurt and rejection actually led him to hurt and reject everybody around him. And although he did have money, he was a wealthy man, he was emotionally broke and he was spiritually broke. You know, the old saying, hurt people, hurt people. Now, the tale of Scrooge is fictional, thankfully. (laughs) But the real life message is for us today. And if you're missing peace in your life, I want us to look at a few life lessons. I have six of them that we can learn from the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. If you're taking notes, write these down. Here's the first one. When we focus on the past, we miss the precious present. When we focus on the past, we miss the moment. We simply, as human beings, spend too much time regretting something that happened in our past or wondering what might happen. The fear of the unknown, the fear of what took place, the fear of a bad decision. Can I tell you today, any advice at all in my 62 short years of living is live in the moment, live the present. Most of our automobiles have a rear view mirror allowing you to look back occasionally. I've used this illustration for 40 years in teaching but it's a great one. Our lives come with a rear view mirror of sorts and it's called our memories. And there are benefits of an occasional glance back but it's very important you understand if you're gonna find peace, you cannot find peace by always looking back and you'll never move forward if you keep looking back. You may have some disappointments Some missed opportunities. In fact, we all have those. But don't allow your memories to steal the potential of today. That sounds good, but you've got to learn to practice that. Scrooge kept recalling yesterday's heartaches and failures and it was only making him more bitter and more angry because you cannot live in the past, you have to let it go. There are mistakes, there are circumstances, there are decisions I have made, and I gotta tell you a couple of them. I'm like, why Why did I do that? What caused me to make that choice? And you hang on to that and it just eats away at you and you lose the moment you're in. When you can't change one thing about what happened, but you can change from here forward. That's why the prophet Isaiah said, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. Can't you see, God's doing a new thing. Everybody say, new thing. Everybody say, new thing. What's the new thing God wants to do in you? What can I learn from that? How do I grow through that? It was painful, it was hurtful. But to overcome the pain associated with the past, you gotta keep looking forward. You gotta keep looking at the opportunities ahead of you. If not, you'll let, you'll let the, the the good things pass right by you, never knowing they were there. Life is not static. You're going forward or backward, and if you stay focused on the past, it's gonna pull you backward. You're gonna regress, life's gonna keep on going, and you're gonna miss opportunity after relationship, after chance, after good choice, because your mind is on the wrong thing. Can I get a yes from somebody? Here's the second thing I've learned and that we learn from the story of Scrooge. We can't always control what happens. We can't. We can't always control what happens. But we can control our response to what happens. And if there's anything I've learned to live with and figured out, and I had to remind myself sometimes of this very thought. I have to learn that I can't stop everything that goes on around me. Yes, I am. Making choices that are affecting my life, but there's all kinds of things affecting my life. Other people are affecting my life. God's will is affecting my life. Wrong decisions that keep coming back are affecting my life, right? Scrooge could not control the abandonment that he suffered at the hand of his father leaving, no more than you can control life circumstances and the actions of other people. But we can control how we respond to every one of these circumstances and situations. Now the truth is, I'm very sorry to what happened to you, and it was wrong, and it should not have happened. You were a child, or you were abused, or there was a circumstance you had nothing to do with. But I have to tell you, you will not move forward and get healed and build your life if you keep hanging on to that. You've got to turn it over to God and say, I'm going to respond differently to that. I'm not gonna let the enemy take what the devil wanted to destroy me with and let it destroy me. I will fight back. I will get back up. I will say I'm hurting and I've I've got scars to prove it, but I'm not gonna live by those scars. I'm not gonna let the happening of my life, that lingering mistake, linger on me, for everybody that I'm meeting in the future. It's kind of like the three Hebrew boys that came out of the fiery furnace. The Bible says the smell of smoke wasn't even on them. They didn't choose to go into that situation and it was not a situation God would have put them in, but God could take every circumstance and when those boys came out, they did not even have the smell of smoke on them and you need to realize that you can respond positively and it may not be the story you wanted to have, but you can take your story and God will use it for good. as we sang about here today. And you don't have to have the smell of smoke on you. (laughs) Scrooge rejected and then reacted to Belle's choice to go on with her life without him. And he did so by withdrawing from society. He withdrew from the the things around him. He became bitter and hard-hearted. Romans 8 verse 37 says, through all these things, we are more than conquerors. You can allow the situation to shape you or you can overcome it. And I've decided in our journey through my lifetime, there's some things in my life that tried to shape me and you can't stop the stories from happening in your life but you can turn them for good. You can turn them for good and make good out of it. What things? He's talking about our problems. He said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through our rough times, our problems times. The, yes, we, we will, I will not become bitter. I'm gonna get better over this. You've heard that before. Don't get an attitude and say, where was God? Get an attitude and say, God, I'm glad you were there with me. What would I do if you hadn't have been there? There are many examples in history of those who refused to give in to the circumstances they faced in life. Listen to this, Beethoven, the great composer, lost his hearing at age 39. Now, he's a composer of music. He lost his hearing at 39 years old. That's Jared Green's age, by the way. He just had a birthday, 39, 39. You can smile, it's okay. Don't <laughs> choose to respond correctly to your circumstance. You're 39 years old. <laughs> Next year's a big 40. My, my, my. <laughs> Sorry, that's our oldest son. I was just having a little fun and my mind was going to lots of places. But I'll stay with my sermon. Can you imagine losing your hearing and you're a musician? 39, do you know though after the age of 39 and after Beethoven lost his hearing, he went on to write five more symphonies including the triumph of his career, the best writing he ever wrote, the thing that made him famous the most, he wrote it and he was deaf. Franklin Roosevelt was a young athlete who was disabled by polio. You didn't see him often in his wheelchair, but he ended up there, and yet he went on to serve two terms as the governor of New York and four unprecedented terms as the 32nd president of the United States of America. In spite of what happened to him, he did not let that circumstance define his success or his outcome. He took his circumstance and he worked through it. Job in the Bible was not swayed by the overwhelming circumstances of loss that kept coming at him. He lost his livestock, he lost his children, he lost everything, he lost his health. His wife even came and said, why don't you just curse God and die? His friends sat over there just watching him for days and said, we'll just wait to see when you're gonna pass away. But he chose to go through that and never ceased to go to God in his trials that that were so overwhelming, he turned to God and said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How many of you know life's not always easy? Listen, you gotta know that your disappointment with God might be a divine appointment from God. I have learned this in my life. In fact, one day this week, the overwhelm of emotions hit me. I was, I was <laughs> going in to work out, and I know that that if I could get some energy and heart, my, my heart beating and then some blood pumping, it changes my psyche. It, it, it affects me. It gets my emotions. And I'm not a, 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 a I'm not a depressed type person normally. What's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, melancholy i'm not i'm not a melancholy person typically the glass is always half full so when that starts hitting me i'm like whoa this coming from, and so I have to do something. I have to take charge. I have to change my situation. Things are coming at you, but here, this is what I'm saying to you: the advice I'm giving. You got to stand up, and take charge of all that. You can't let your will dictate how your outcome going to be in a negative way. You got to take no will. We're not going to do that. We're going to do it this way. And I've got to lift my hands and I've got to praise God anyway. So I don't feel like it. Exactly, exactly. When I don't feel like it is when I have to push through. I have to decide. I have to. I'm not going to let the. Circumstance shape me. I'm going to shape the circumstance for the better. And I had to talk to myself, and I realized in my lifetime that sometimes my disappointment with God, and I've had it. Listen, can I be really, can I just be clear with you? We all get disappointed in God. Like, what the heck, man? How did this happen? But you know what? Here's the way I, I've, I've figured this out a long time ago. God's given us eight beautiful grandchildren, uh, and, and we have some small ones, and you know, like I, I'll use uh, Landon or Fallon. They're, they're our two younger, other than the baby. They can talk to us. And, and there are some things I could explain to Landon or Fallon, and the, at one is six, and one is almost four. There's some things, no matter how good I explained it to them, they're not gonna get it. Why? They're just too young. They just can't understand it. And some of us are like, well, God, if you just tell me. No, 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 no. If God told you, you still wouldn't wouldn't understand it. And if you did, you're like, well, I still don't, you still wouldn't solve the problem. Like, why does somebody have cancer? I don't know. Why didn't God heal cancer? I don't know. Well, what about all the other miracles? It's great, isn't it? But I don't know why. I don't, I don't. Some of these things, you just have to leave them in the hand of God and realize that it might not be a, a disappointment in God. It should be a defined appointment from God to say, what do you want to teach me through this? How can I grow through this? How am I going to be better for this? Come on, somebody. You got to turn that around. You, you, you can let bitterness and anger and attitude like Scrooge affect you and it affects everybody around your life. Nobody wants to be with you. I don't want to be like that. I want people that want to be with me. Now, I like my private time, but I also like to be with people that have some fun. And life's too short not to have some fun. But you got to think about what you're putting off. Everybody okay today? Sitting in this room, there's people who have faced all kinds of challenges, divorce, brokenness, bankruptcy, abuse, failures, job loss altering illnesses, and you're missing peace. I urge you today, stay the course, regardless of the adversities that come your way, and choose to respond constructively rather than react negatively, and God will help you, and he will turn your situation for good. He may not turn it all around, and he may not take it away, but he can make good out of it. All right, here's the third one. We learn from Scrooge that when we exercise our right to choose, we experience the joy of change. Now this is what we're talking about already. So regardless of what those around him did, Scrooge had a choice and he did not have to become a victim. And I suppose that's the biggest takeaway from this point is Scrooge allowed those negative events to manipulate him into the cold person he was, the hard-hearted person he was. But you don't have to be a, a victim unless you choose to be one and may I be plain spoken, some people make a career out of the pity of other people, and it feeds something in them, but you need to realize God has something better for you. Pity never helps anybody. Well, that went over quiet. Pity never helps anybody. (laughs) The golf clap. But Scrooge was finally transformed when he chose to surrender his life to God. And when your choices change, so will your future. Let me say it to you this way, life is like a recipe. The ingredients that you put in will determine the outcome. And you're, you're not gonna end up with a prize-winning pie or cake if you put salt and not sugar. They look the same. Here's the fourth thing we can learn from Scrooge. It takes courage to be happy. Everybody say courage. Courage. How how can you be happy? Because I want to. I, I want to. Well, you have every reason to not be happy, okay. So am I gonna let that determine whether I'm gonna be happy? Or am I gonna decide I'm gonna be happy? It takes courage to be happy. Scrooge questioned his nephew's happiness and he kept reminding him, you're poor, you don't have anything, why are you happy? And Scrooge tried to make Fred, his nephew, unhappy by telling him how he felt, Scrooge said, there's no way you could possibly be happy. And I'm like, Scrooge, you're thinking and kind of casting off on Fred, your nephew, you say you're poor, you should be unhappy when Scrooge, you're wealthy and you ain't happy. (laughs) <laughs> that, that dog don't hunt, as we say in these Texas. That don't make sense. But Fred understood that it took courage to be happy. Listen, if you're waiting on things to make you happy, you're never gonna be happy. You gotta learn to give thanks for what you, do have instead of dwelling on what you don't have. Listen, during the holidays, many people regret that they can't be with their families, but I can't afford to make the trip, I can't afford to buy the ticket, I can't afford to get off work, I can't, and then there's other people they are like, they regret that they have to be with their families. (laughs) Hey, y'all call call me and tell me I gotta work overtime so I don't have to go. People get caught in the, the if only mindset. If only, if only I had that job, if, I, if only I was married to that woman, if only I had that car, if only we lived in that house, then I'd be happy. No you wouldn't, these people believe that to be happy requires something out there and when something out there, something more is never gonna make you happy if you can't learn, learn to be happy with something in here. You gotta be happy in here. There is a verse in the Bible that says, money answers all things, that's true. Money can fix a lot of things, but it won't make you happy. It might pay a bill, but it won't make you happy. You don't always understand the plan, and you don't always have to understand God's plan to trust God's purpose. There are times in our life, and I've lived through this, to tell you that the plan of God is like, I don't get it, but it's not necessarily for me to get it, it's necessary for me to be obedient. It's necessary for me to look up. It's necessary for me to put a smile on my face and say in all these things, God is glorified. In all these things, God's gonna turn it for good. Make the courageous decision to be happy with where you are and with what you have right now. I was listening to the father of one of those four college students in Moscow, Idaho, that lost their lives. And he said, just just this weekend, he said on the news, he said, we're not having Christmas. And I, on one hand, I thought, well, I can understand the sadness of losing a college student, a daughter, in this case, 20 years old, tragically, and no answers. I get that, but how? I, Somehow, somehow for sanity, you still have to come together. You're here and we gotta get some answers. But this tragedy and how do you wrestle with that to have happiness in the middle of a tragic like that's, that's tough, it takes courage. You have to decide, you gotta figure out. But look at the other, all of us are still here. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna live moving forward? You can't get stuck. You said, Pastor, that's kind of plain spoken. That's a reality. You, your mind will and emotions, you, gotta, you have to stay in charge. Your Holy Spirit inside of you, your spirit has to stay in charge. That's why David, uh, uh, sorry, Solomon wrote in Proverbs, he said, a cheerful heart is like a good medicine. Janet's got the flu this week, so I texted my doctor, I said, how do I prevent the flu, how do I? And one of them said, ah, well, it's just a virus, you're either gonna get it or you're not. I'm like, okay, love that. The other doctor said, here, take this medicine. If you get the flu, double the medicine. If you don't don't have the flu, take half of it for 10 days and and it'll help you, so I started taking it as a preventive. Medicine is good. Y'all don't take medicine? Gosh, some of you need some cheer medicine. <laughs> Listen, I, I, so, so, can, can, I'm just trying to make this practical. Janet, she likes, she doesn't like comedy movies. She doesn't like slapstick comedy of any kind. It just irks her would be a word, irritates her. And, and and I told her lately, I said, honey, I don't need any more stress in my life. I don't wanna watch a suspense movie. I don't need some drama like that. I got enough drama going on in my life. I don't want other people's drama. She said, well, it's a good distraction for me. I said, not for me, because I'm trying to fix their problem and mine. I don't, want, I don't want that. I said, so I like some of these. She said, what's the word she used, those movies are? Uh, it's not silly, but it's just, it's not corny, but kind of like that. It's just, I said, yeah, but it's lighthearted. I know the outcome. And, I can, and I'm enjoying it. It's making, it's a feel good movie. Everybody's about like, feel good. I know you can't live by your feelings, but I sure like my feelings to feel good. I don't like my feelings to feel, like, I don't need to add more stress in my head. I'm like, oh. we watch that movie and now it's 10.30. Now we gotta go to bed. And I'm like. That was brutal. <laughs> Y'all okay with this? I'm like, I wanna choose to be happy. So let's have some happiness going on here. It takes courage to be happy, to make a choice. I'm gonna, I'm, courage is, I'm gonna be happy. Other people look at you and say, I don't know how you can smile. And you have to say, I don't either, except I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I can't fix all the stuff that's happened in my life. I can't stop it, but I can look up. Some people think when you get saved, let me just run this rabbit trail a minute. Some people think when they get saved, everything's bliss. Probably not. Because before you were saved, you had problems, but you were going downstream with everything. Yeah, and now you turn it like, I'm gonna go this way. And now it's, you got, you still got life to deal with. So well, I got saved, I still got all these problems. That's because you're still making the same dumb decisions. You got to get your soul saved. (laughs) Y'all okay with that? Your spirit gets saved the moment Jesus comes into your life. I'm born again, I'm ready to go to heaven. But if you don't get your body in alignment and your mind in alignment, you're gonna still end up at dead-end streets with God and God's like, I didn't lead you here. That was all you. Okay. All right, let's, I got two more. Here's another thing I learned from Scrooge. I do myself a favor when I forgive other people. <laughs> and man, that's been hard these last couple years. Nobody in the world ever expected the, the transition in our world over the last two and a half, three years the way it's happened. People that have walked into your life has been great and people that have walked out of your life has been painful, brokenness and emptiness and. But you know, Scrooge imprisoned himself by his past when he refused to forgive those people who had hurt him. And you're going to to get hurt. Listen, Janet and I have been married 43 years. I have hurt her, not physically, but I've said things that were hurtful. Why, because I'm a dumb man sometimes. Can we be that clear, I mean, that's just transparent. We hurt other people, even when we don't intend to. Good people hurt other people. But Scrooge harbored his feelings of resentment, and so he couldn't even receive the forgiveness that God was trying to give him, because he couldn't forgive anybody else. How can God forgive me, I can't forgive them. And many people fail to realize that when you don't forgive those who've hurt you, you create a prison of torment for yourself. And here's the reality. Most people that have hurt you don't know they've hurt you, and they're living their life, and that makes you even madder because they're happy, and you're like, but you hurt me. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I didn't know I did that. So staying mad only hurts us. And when we don't forgive, we damage our ability to have healthy relationship with anybody because we see everybody through that lens of offense. We view everybody that way. And that's unfair. That's called transferred defilement. There's a whole teaching on that. Where just because someone did something to you, someone else comes into your life and they remind you of that and now they're defiled, you're skeptical. You with me? It's unfair. So it's important we learn to forgive. Peter asked Jesus, he thought he was really cool, you know, he said, hey Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive that person? Like 70 times? And he was thinking like, that's big, right? Like 70, to, I'd be all right if I did it 70. Jesus looks at him and says, no, 70 times seven, like infinity. You just keep forgiving, because you're not really hurting them. I'm gonna show them. No, it's just hurting you. It's just de- the decay and the erosion of your own heart is just happening. And, and there, you gotta learn to forgive. Let it go. Just, just forgive them. And you need some of that this year at Christmas. You're gonna see some people you don't like. I know you have to love them. Bible says love everybody. Okay, I can do that. There's some people I just don't like. I'm like, I hope you go to heaven, but you're gonna live over there, that side of heaven. I'm gonna be over here. That's the way we think. Come on now, y'all like, who, oh, pastor said that? No, you think that? <laughs> I'm gonna be on the eastern side, they're gonna be on the western side because I just don't like those people. Hmm, he said that in a sermon, I sure did. You gotta to learn to forgive people. You're gonna be on one side of the room, they're gonna be on the other. Now you gotta look at each other. Give me, let me give you a tip. If you're gonna go to a Christmas dinner, sit on the same side of the table but down a ways, and you don't have to see them. Come on, let me say that again. Some of you, you go sit, I'm gonna be across from them, God. Don't, then you gotta look at them like dang everybody. I'm like, <laughs> sit down this way, and then you can't you can't see them, so you talk to this person, and like they're not even there. That's not the way to do it. I'm just <laughs> That's, that's, that's what a snob would do. And we ain't snobs. Bah humbug. (laughs) Okay, here's the last one. And oh, I've learned this in my life. Please learn this, that the presence of problems, the presence of problems doesn't mean the absence of God. Please please get that (laughs) it doesn't mean the absence of God no more than the presence of the clouds indicates the absence of the sun when we face difficult times we often ask where are you God it's dark outside it's cloudy it's rainy it's dreary it's but if you rise high enough, if you persevere long enough, if you stand tall enough in your faith, get your head above the clouds, so to speak. Get on that airplane, no matter the conditions on the ground. Man, I've I've been in snowstorms, and it's setting, it's cold and white out. You can't see a hundred feet, and that old airplane will take off, and it's bouncing. But if it just keeps the thrust, keeps the Presence keeps pushing boom boom you break off up into those above those clouds and the sun is shining and life can really be heavy and in your own worship and in your own prayer and in your own praise you got to push through that and that's what I did when I went to the gym in my garage the other day I'm like, I got I, I, I said babe I'll be back in a little bit I needed to go push through some stuff and I needed to get some worship music kicking hard in that room and get some adrenaline going and man I mean I was weeping and I was on that that elliptical and I'm weeping and the music's playing and you're, you you're taking charge of your circumstance you're taking charge of your feelings you're taking charge of your emotions you're taking charge of the circumstance and I said devil you're not gonna get me down you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not going to take this away from me this is my moment i'm not going to live in this past i can't do that no no i'm going and i'm telling you after just a few minutes i'm telling you my, my spirit lifted my heart lifted the tears went away man the blood was pumping i felt better I, I was like god you're a good god god you're in charge god i'm holding on to your hand you've got to push through that the presence of problems doesn't mean the absence of god You just got to go where he is. You just got to get your head right because he's always present. The ever-present help in the time of need. He was right there. I just couldn't see him. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Have peace because in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. The angel said, listen. I bring you great news of great joy to everybody. Born today in the city of David is a Savior, Christ the Lord. He's come to you and He's come because of you. He is your Savior and He is your Lord. I have to speak Jesus in my situation. There are times in my life I just have to say, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, come on team, Jesus. Come on, I want you to worship with me today. I want you to sing this song with me today. I, I just had to speak Jesus. I, I had to just go to Jesus. Look at him today. Look at him today. Let's worship him right now in this song. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just wanna speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break tension every fear all anxiety I speak peace over brokenness right now over emptiness I speak peace over the hurt from an abuse I speak peace over the hurt from a marriage that's struggling I speak peace over the confusion the confusion that the enemy has dumped onto this world and our society of who we are and what we're called to be and who God designed us for. I speak peace. I rebuke the powers of darkness, every spirit that's coming to torment, to steal, kill, and destroy. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. I declare and I speak Jesus, for your name is power. Your name is life. And nothing can stand in the presence of God. Nothing can be sustained. When Jesus shows up, darkness has to go. Fear has to go. Brokenness has to go. Pain has to leave in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I pray peace right now over your people, over every person under the sound of my voice. I declare peace. Peace be still. Peace that passes even our own understanding. I don't know how that I have peace, but it's in God. He brings it to me. Peace be still, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. I speak peace right now. Calm all of the storms that are going on in people's lives right now. In the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Would you just close your eyes across this room for a moment? And I wanna give anyone who has never invited Jesus as into your life as your savior. The Bible said we're born in sin and that's why Jesus had to come. The reason I follow Jesus is because he died for me and he paid for my sin. It happened 2000 years ago on a cross in Jerusalem but he didn't just die for my sins as my human sacrifice he was God's son and he died for all sin of mankind and he said if you'll just believe that I died for you and I rose again you can be saved and declare out of your mouth Jesus you are Lord of my life you say well pastor I'm not sure what that means that's why we're here to help you. Some of us have been on this journey a while and we can help you. That's what a body, a church family is about. But can I pray for you right where you're at? Wherever you're listening from today, would you simply pray this prayer with me, eyes closed? Now, before we pray, if you say, That's me, I want to make sure I'm ready for heaven, Pastor. I'm praying that prayer for the first time or i'm rededicating my life to jesus today i'd like to know who you are ever head bow just for a moment but i'd like to know who i'm praying with would you just slip up your hand across the room if you're in this space today lift your hand say that's me i want to be ready for heaven i want to pray that prayer just hold your hand up high lift it up right now right where you're at thank you thank you thank you thank you you can pray this prayer wherever you are Let's pray it together, everybody. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Take away my past. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life. I believe you died for me and you rose again. So from this day forward, I'm going to serve you to the best of my ability. Thank you for saving me. Amen. And amen. Come on, can we celebrate with everybody? Come on, put your hands together. You prayed that prayer. And we welcome you into the family of God. Amen. 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 And remain right where you are just for a moment. Nobody.